What up, everybody? Welcome back to On the Break. I'm done with the the intro thing. I'm just upset, and uh, I'm just gonna bitch for the whole show. I'm not even gonna introduce Josh here. I'm just gonna bitch. That's just what I feel like doing. Like sports are never coming back. Nothing's ever coming back. This is over. I, you know, it's all upsetting. <laughs> You didn't prep me for that, man. I'm not going to be able to hold it together. It's okay. It's completely What's fine. What's up, dude? Not much, man. Uh, Kyle, I think, will be in here shortly. I think he's on his way. But, uh, yeah. yeah, dude, I don't know. I- I'm I'm dejected. I feel sad that I just, even though there's all this talk about NBA coming here in the next couple of weeks and bubbles and rejection bubbles and all this, it's not, none of it is relevant. Like, the Bucks just, right before we came on the air, shut down their whole entire facility for the next week and it, just things like that are going to continue to unravel here and i just i'm so dejected i'm sad by it dude yeah and and ultimately they didn't do that for no reason that wasn't just like eh, we feel like doing this it was they got back they got back test results and they're looking at the test results going we and it doesn't say this but i'm sure they're going we have five players that have COVID or that tested positive we're shutting it down uh, they didn't release any of the test results information but you know that that was multiple people that tested positive had to have been yeah but, it's there's no way that it's it's not right it's, it's been really funny how they've kind of multiple like people are Giannis. true but i mean it's been kind of funny how they've been like weirdly like loose with medical rules around a lot of this like remember when we first kind of started and it was like okay well rudy gobert got it and then donovan mitchell got it you know and we kind of like were releasing all the names and then all of a sudden that kind of stopped and then like names kind of started leaking out again and now it's kind of like well you know, they're doing all their initial testing. And I I don't remember, I'm going to look it up here just a second, but the nu- the number of actual positive cases they had from their initial round of testing, like base, like the pool versus how many positive tests they had. I'll, I'll look that up in just a second. But I, I mean, they're getting through all this testing and they're realizing like, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think we got to take a step back and look at this. And, and we've been afraid of that this whole time. We really have. You and I couldn't have been more negative about it. Yeah, dude, and it's it's been crazy. It's been higher than the average populace, or than the populace of, of these towns that are getting blown up. It was like two, 25 out of 250 or something like that, 10%. Wasn't terrible, right? It was, it, well, I mean, that's that's higher than the normal populace. Yeah, but I mean, if you just think about, positive. like, I mean, the effect that guys live all around the country, that... You know, you've got got like these are people that have traveled and like they travel more than the average person does and all that kind of stuff. All that plays in. Like I would have kind of thought more than that, to be real honest with you. I, yeah, I guess I can give you that. And the other thing that I actually just thought of was they're testing asymptomatic people, too. Mm-hmm. So they're getting asymptomatic positives, which the rest of the populace isn't. So that I guess that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, again, like it's however you want to look at that. It seems like people are just taking all the information out there that's been out there and just kind of thrown a lot out the window. But I've seen like, I I just, I've seen a lot of like Woj tweets come across the wire. Like uh, this was just a couple days ago on the second, but he had said that in tests of 344 players between June 24th and 29th, nine more players have tested positive for the coronavirus. But like, that doesn't really tell us like how many originally had tested positive and that kind of thing, you know? So like right. I, I feel like there's, I mean, there's got to be a more consolidated place to look at this, but it, it's a little bit, it feels like a little bit uh, cloudy on purpose to me, I guess. Yeah, I, they're not gonna get. So there's the, I don't know how we were getting names of people to be honest with you, because it's, it runs in violation of HIPAA. Right. Right. That's like that's that's not just breaking news or not just like announcing the person in front of in front of it being announced at the draft or anything like that those are legal obligations to keep the uh a patient's uh medical stuff private so i don't know how we were getting names originally sure but, but well but i'll counter that with i mean how many times do we hear about a guy initial like as soon as he goes down oh torn achilles out for the season done i mean that's the same thing that's a good point i don't know how that is affected um i'm not sure like what like what they give up to kind of for that privacy information that that is not a topic that anybody gives a shit about. I'll just tell you that right now. So we should just move on with this conversation. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I, I'm i on my high horse, man. I I'm with the you. laws are being followed. 
I'm with you. Like, uh, I, I don't get me wrong. Like, I want to know a lot about the medical implications of what happens in the NBA with information, but I don't know that people are really that interested. Maybe they fair. are. I don't know. If they are, we'll, let us know, and we'll start a new show, or we'll just we'll do episodes and episodes devoted to it. Right. So let me segue. The reason why I said that was because I you can't get that type of information unless you're unless you're breaking the law. Mm-hmm. Maybe they maybe they can do it with with like nine more people have been tested positive. We can't give you any names, but HIPAA restricts them from being able to give you names. So I don't know how we originally got names without somebody just blatantly breaking the law and risking mo- losing their medical pre- or medical um, profession or medical what is it license or whatever. It's not a degree. Yeah, yeah. yeah, certifications yeah. is what you're looking for. Right, right, exactly. Like they're gonna rip your PA or your MD from you. That'd be awesome. That. That'd be awesome if but, they could do that. Right. We'd probably be so in a lot better. We those names originally. In society, we'd probably be in a lot better spot if they could do that, to be honest with you. But yeah. we'll, we won't get into you know societal woes as much today as we did last episode. I don't know. Maybe we will. Who the hell knows? All around, um, society could be made a lot better by just people reaping their consequences for the actions that they do. But amazing. I digress. Amazing. It's almost yeah. like I swear by that kind of thing whenever I evaluate talent players and stuff like that like you've got to be willing to own up to your shit you know and that's a lot of that's going on right now but yeah it's i i just feel like it's really going to start taking some major pieces to fall i really like so my gut feeling at this point honestly like really and truly is that they're going to at least get started doing this i don't think anything's going to stop them from getting started but i don't think they're going to finish it yeah i can't imagine it and they asked Giannis, um, "Will this will this championship have an have an asterisk on it?" And he said, "No, it's going to be the hardest championship to to win." And at first, I was like, eh, "It kind of depends." But it's a fair point, though. Are, are yeah, are we gonna like? And we w- I say this with we will we will knock the Lakers for if they go completely healthy throughout the entire one and then beat a Giannisless Bucks. We will knock that championship and put an asterisk on it and say that LeBron didn't actually earn it. But at the end of the day. Does that just mean that the Lakers did a better job of staying committed to the entire process throughout all of the playoffs in their nightlife? Not only in their in their normal like practices and things like that, but they went home, went to bed, and stayed isolated so that they could win, right? So maybe Giannis is right. Maybe this is going to be mean more than a lot of other championships because you're not only having to put it in between the lines, but you have to put it in everywhere. So and you're having to commit to it 24-7. So are you saying that I just want to make sure I understand. So like are you saying like they they followed what they were supposed to, stayed in, stayed focused to the game, stayed committed to whatever the team drew up for them to do on their own or you know what however they handled that. I'm sure that there's a a way that every team handled that a little bit differently, but overall like I can't imagine that if guys weren't wanting things to work out on and stuff like you know or I mean Tom Brady's having seven on seven games for God's sakes in Florida so like I I mean you know these guys are able to get that information that they need to that they should try to work on in the meantime like they they most guys do have the facilities or at least the way to access some of that stuff no matter what and so in your premise are you saying that like they did all that they were supposed to do on the court and staying away like quarantine basically is that kind of where your head's at yeah, exactly. Okay. What we've done is we've made we've taken the NBA where it's show up to practice and show up for Allen Iverson. It's not even that. Show up to practice and show up to the games and perform there. I like that eye roll right there. Um, <laughs> and perform at the games, and that's how you win championships, right? Mm-hmm. You put in work, but it, it's really if you're Kobe Bryant, it's from three to three to noon. You know, if you're everybody else, it's from seven to noon. But other than that, you're fine. Now it's. You have to be 24-7 committed to ex- uh, to making sure that you stay healthy because if you get sick and you show up for practice and you get two other people sick, you have no chances of, of – uh, or even test positive. They may not even be sick, but they're not going to let asymptomatic people that test positive play. Yeah. I don't, so I, I'd be interested. You, what, what it is is it's getting the entire 15-person roster to not only buy into what's happening between the lines – and what's happening in practice, but to buy in for 24 hours, seven days a week of their entire life. Like they have to buy in 100%. That might mean, dude, LeBron might not be able to be around his kids. Yeah. Like these, these guys might not be able, able to be around their families. Not Gordon Hayward. He said he's out of there when that kid's born. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, lucky me, I, right? Which I don't blame him. I'd probably do the same thing. Sure, me too. But uh, <laughs> lucky me once again. We'll see. <laughs> but so yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I I just wonder how specific that is to them. Like if man, what would have been really fascinating is if anyone would have had the foresight to do some filming of this stuff. Like and maybe they did. Like maybe that you know players would be able to put some stuff together. You know some footage and stuff together of them playing. Like that'd be a really good opportunity to see. Like if even if you had like a hard knocks type situation where you followed. Obviously you can't do that because it's not that scripted. But like sure. you know where you had that kind of look at what the team did to stay in shape to all the way. To, like this would be after the completion of a championship. So say it were the Lakers or the Bucks or, or whoever you know whatever sure. other team right you get to the end and you look at it as a retrospective. I bet that would be awesome to say, we did this. This is how we worked it. This is why it worked. Because like that's the part that nobody seems to want to talk about is the fact that majority of these teams haven't been around each other for months. And I just think that's going to play uh, play a part here somewhere. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I... I, I agree, and I, I can't imagine the NBA not coming in with a with a camera crew and watching every single one of these teams like a hawk. Yeah, starting like right then, now, kind of thing. Like getting right, back exactly. to it, dude. Could you could you imagine if the Orlando Magic was the only team that was able to stay healthy and won a championship? Dude. Imagine that thirty for thirty, bro. <laughs> you are really on this Magic situation. You got to tell me more about that. This is what do you mean? You've mentioned the Magic being that team so many times in the last like month. I can't even begin to tell you how many times we've discussed like the magic making a run here i just, i think that they have so i'm big on their defense they play excellent defense but they don't they're just <laughs> they have not any offense. a pretty team no they don't have any offense yeah yeah exactly so they're not a pretty team so 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 your premise like your premise is that defenses are going to win a championship this year anyway right like that's kind of no, your... i was i was mostly saying those guys have as good a chance as anybody else if LeBron goes down or if Kawhi goes down, if like okay. all these players get – if Orlando's the only team that's going to be – it's going to be come down to what team stays the healthiest within its core. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right? that, that's such a like, – then why are we doing this? <laughs> you know, like that seems so ridiculous. Yeah, I mean <laughs> – I kind of like it. It just adds. It just adds extra stuff to it, bro. It's, it's like a, it's real sp- life Hunger Games. Yeah, exactly. It's truly it's, survival of the fittest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm not even about that movie or those books, but no. that's, what it, that's what this feels like. Yeah, it really is. It's that's insane to me. I, I'm, I'm as shocked as I am appalled by it. I'll tell you that much. But I, at the same time, man, like I, I get it. I think we still. Does anybody really think it's going to happen? I can't wait to see what Kyle thinks when he gets here, because I, I. Really want to know. I, I feel like you and I are kind of on the same page. I would really love to talk to someone who really thinks this is actually going to happen. You know? Yeah, I'm. Does he think it's going to happen? No, I don't know. I'm not sure. I have no idea. Okay. We need to have a guest. If he doesn't think it's going to happen, we need to have a guest. We need to have somebody that's straight out of the trailer park that doesn't think it's real. <laughs> like, excited about. Okay, that's not what I was saying. I was yeah, sorry. My bad. No, I was more just saying, I'm like, I want to know, like, from the, uh, like, I, I haven't seen a lot of people that feel like you and I do about this stuff on Twitter, but I also haven't seen a lot of people that are overly uh, encouraged that this is going to happen. And it's like, so this is where this the thing that you and I talked about last week comes into play, where it's like, I usually trust Woj with everything, but I also know that Woj has a very vested interest in this potentially happening and the follows and the you know he works for ESPN and obviously that's money too and there's like a he I don't know whether I could trust Woj right now or not I hate Woj (laughs) I hate him so much we've gone over this before right no we have not I freaking hate Woj okay say more so first off he ruins the NBA draft night every single year every year like what's your point of that it's what hilarious. is he trying to do? It's hilarious. That's so stupid. <laughs> Just stay off Twitter, dude. <laughs> also, but it, I know. No, I'm with you. It's it's a lot of. It's not as fun on draft night. It's, that's for sure. What what does that benefit him? I guess the fact that we're talking about him right now. Exactly. It's that he's one of the biggest names in sports as far as reporting it's, goes, and like name the football guy. You know, like so, yeah, Schefter. <laughs> I guess Schefter, but you know, so stupid. But like, what's and also, what's he doing to get in it? Every single person's group. Like, how many blowies has he given over the past 10 years? I don't trust what he's doing. Um, I do like <laughs> the only person that he has anything, doesn't have anything on is LeBron, and that he hates his guts for it. 
Dude, I, it's always baffled me that Windhorse is the LeBron guy. I just that's always baffled me. Brian Windhorse stinks. Are they where's where's Windhorse from? I think well, I think he's from, from Cleveland. Cleveland I, th- I think that's why. But like, I've just I've never liked that guy. I, I've just never really. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is about him because he's actually pretty interesting too. There are very few sports reporters that I actually like. That's a good point. If it comes yeah. down to it, same. No, I mean, but, I mean, I've built podcasts off of it. I know. Yeah, fair. <laughs> because there are very few sports reporters that don't sensationalize everything. That's very true. That, act- that actually gives you analytical breakdowns that don't seem to be sensationalized. I would say that Zach Lowe is at the top of my list for people that actually know what they're talking about and don't sensationalize things. But at the same time, if you listen to his podcast, it's like, oh my god, this is this dude is so boring. It's tough I to can't listen stand to. How he talks. I know. I know. It's tough to you listen know? to. He's got to have a good guest for me. Yeah, but but he know he knows more about basketball than anybody. Anybody, yeah. And yeah. so I, that and that's that's hard. I just want a. I I really love Charles Barkley. I think he knows what he's talking about. I love I love Shaq. EJ. I love that whole show. Yeah. Um, it's a good show. Kenny, Shaq, and Charles. Mm-hmm. And I think they all know what they're talking about because they all were playing in the game. I don't think that they're X's and O's guys. Kenny can be sometimes, but I think that obviously Zach Lowe hasn't beat. I don't know how we got on this, but well, uh, I, I also want to ask Woj hating. He's just a sensationalized dude, right? I mean, at this point, it's a little bit. I mean, like he kind of came up. So I used to live in the whole message boards like the NBA rumors, message boards, and on Yahoo Sports all the time. Like, everybody kind of did back in, you know, uh, 10 years ago or whatever. Like, I was in that crap all the time. And typically, like, that's kind of where Woj got his start is at Yahoo. And, like, it was typically, he just kind of became one of those more and more reliable guys. People seem to trust him the way he puts out information. The You know, he doesn't, it, obviously, he doesn't put it out until the team really wants him to put it out. But, you know, he's... Is that the case, though? Well, at least it used to be. I don't know how much it it is anymore. But I know that whenever he went to ESPN, that's why he started the whole I'm hearing that the Pelicans are interested in Zion Williamson type thing versus the Pelicans will take Zion Williamson at number one. Yeah, that was that was backlash from uh, I think the commission actually got mad at him. Well, it was that and he joined ESPN that year and they were like, oh, "Eh, be be easy. Uh, That was his way around it or whatever. Stupid, but it is what it is. Uh, but I've I, at the end of the day though he's always the best connected him and Shams I like Shams a lot. Uh, like I, Shams, Shams came out of nowhere too. Well, he was kind of the thrown heir to Woj when he left Yahoo Sports, so that kind of is where that and he I think that Woj kind of I think that he kind of feeds him maybe some of the secondary stuff that people don't care about as much because Shams doesn't always have like the big hit heavy hitting stuff, but he's got Shams a, broke something this year that was like. Oh, he, he he breaks big things every now and then, and he's gotten bigger and bigger as time's gone on. But yeah. he's not specifically that. But a lot of his stuff is like lower level things that we would care about, but not necessarily every single NBA fan. You know? Yeah. So yeah. it's pretty interesting. Where are you at on Bill Simmons these days? Yeah, I think he's gotten worse. I think he's gotten very much worse. I and he prime Bill Simmons was when he was writing for the Ringer for me. You mean the whenever he was for Grantland or for the Ringer? Grantland, excuse me. Yeah, whenever he was writing yeah. for Grantland, that was prime Bill Simmons, and that was the best sports reporting because Zach Lowe worked for him actually. Right. Grantland was the best sports reporting that I've ever seen ever. Mm-hmm. They didn't care to sensationalize things like Bill Simmons did, but it was less about what wasn't happening, but bringing your attention to what was happening and the possible implications and ripples from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the historical th- aspect too, right? Yeah, the historical aspect, and that's what Bill s- made Bill Simmons great for me was his ability to show you something and then show you how it has never happened historically. And also, his writing style is just fantastic. Um, but that was prime sports reporting. I don't think we've seen any sports reporting that has been even close to Grantland since then. For me, the, the Ringer was when it started. And whenever he really took some of those ideals and 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 pushed them in the right direction that he because he I mean, he was at odds with ESPN so often, but he's a creative genius in a lot of ways. He just thinks that he's a better creator than he is, if that makes any sense. Like, I think he's good at identifying talent, but the talent like all those MLB shows and NBA shows, NFL shows, like people like Cousin Sal and all those people. I, dude, those people stink to me. I don't like yeah. any of those people. And like, I just, I've gotten to where he's 
really not even standable for me. And I, I've, you know, I've had this conversation with Kyle a lot. Like, I've always liked Simmons a lot, but I really do fall off on him whenever we're not in basketball season because it just it's a lot of just like I don't really give a shit about what he thinks about you know Happy Gilmore or whatever. I really don't. Sure. Like, I don't. It's just it's not really. That's not really what I go to him for. You know what I mean? Simmons. And, yeah, Simmons fell off for me whenever he started talking about how great the Fast and Furious movies were. I was like, yeah, this is not tough. a train that I can get on. These, no, these movies suck. Yeah, dude, that's definitely a breaking point. But, like, he used to have really good interviews. Like, the stuff that he did with KD was really good, really insightful, I thought, very honest. He has times where he's good at what he does because he was he's always been good at what he does. He just he has a problem with not staying in his lane and he is very much someone that needs to stay in his lane. And boy, have we seen that recently with him trying to talk about some of the social issues out there. Yeah. I haven't paid much attention to that. Good. Because it's ugly. It has not been good. Yeah. Him and Rosillo really. I like (laughs) Rosillo. I like Rosillo too, but I only really like Rosillo more than anything else during like football season and with Chris long. And I, I, I don't know. I, I, I've always liked Russell a lot. I, I really hasn't changed for me. I just don't even really get to his show that often. I feel like I'm not getting to any sports shows at all though right now with with all this going on. You know, dude. I tend to yeah. I tend to like reporters that report on sports that I don't know anything about. The, the higher my level of sports knowledge of that particular sport, the less I like any given dude. Uh, it's a hundred commentator, true. I guess. Dude, and also, like, and just in general, like, the the longer that I've done this podcasting stuff, and, like, I, it's forced us to really, like, pay attention to, like, the, the pulse of the league and always what's going on and, you know, all that. And it just, like, it's really exposed me to some of the greed and some of the, like, bullshit that happens. And it's just disgusted me to the point where I'm like, I don't even know if I like watching this anymore. I mean, I do, but, like, because I love basketball. But you know what I mean? It's just sometimes you're like, oh, my God. I feel you. It's just terrible. And- yeah, and it's really like, it's just like any other. It's just like getting on Facebook and seeing your crazy uncle or whatever posting posting right wing or left wing stuff like crazy. You know, you have to go out and dig for your stuff. Like that Jordan doc, the Jordan documentary was the best documentary I think I've ever seen. But it was so heavily biased towards making Jordan look like the greatest that he ever was, and probably making him look bigger than he actually did in real life. Like he was huge, but it looked he looked huge huge in that in that show you know and you just have to take that stuff with a grain of salt and know regardless of what you're looking at everything is biased regardless of whether you're listening to me or you we have biases too yep absolutely i have a bias for or a uh i guess a a precedent of being someone who's very negative towards all of this shit that's yeah that's something that that i value a lot because it grounds the other side of it a lot you know and and that's why we do this do what I hate Kevin Durant. Right. I know. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, speaking of that, uh, have you had a chance to get to the book about him yet by Ethan Strauss? Sure. I haven't even heard of it. Oh, no. I told you about it a little while back. It's the it's called The Victory Machine. It's about the whole building in the last year of Golden State uh, with, with KD and everything. Let me um, – no, dude, I haven't gotten to. Uh, I must have missed it that, or it must have slipped my brain, so my bad. Bro, you need to listen to the audio book of it, though. Okay. Because he does the voices. And it would be like you, me, or Kyle reporting on that team and then do it like doing the Kevin Durant voice and yeah, and dialect style. Not good. I, f- I feel like that would not good. I feel, yeah, I feel like that'd be tough. <laughs> it's a little tough. You need to listen to it. It's hilarious. It's not like yeah. outwardly offensive or anything like that, but it's like maybe, maybe you shouldn't have done that. That was, but I could see also how it wouldn't necessarily come alive. So I don't know. Yeah. For but sure, it's it's I, Ethan Sherwood Strauss though. It's a good book. Check it out. I'll check it out. I'm looking at it right now. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It, it was a quick read. It really was, or I guess listen in this case. So I I knew that. I, I think I, I left it at something like, "Well, let me read the book and I'll let you know if you should waste your time with it or not." I think so. I think you waste some time on it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I don't have as much driving time anymore. Yeah, well, me neither. But it'll definitely. Um, It'll solidify some of your positions on Kevin Durant, that's for sure. So, that's great news for you. I think anybody that reports on Kevin Durant will solidify my positions. That's a very good point. There's no, there's no good things about that guy. It's <laughs> a fantastic point. Where'd you, where'd you have him in the top players of all time? Like twelve? Uh, yeah, I did have him pretty high. Um, well, I had him in t- number ten. So, I mean, you, I know you didn't have him number ten. No, I had Curry number ten. I think. Right. I, I mean, top ten is yeah. what I meant, but. 
Yeah, yeah, I'd carry uh, number 10, but well, no, Kevin Durant was maybe 15 for me, maybe 14 for me. Okay. Gotcha. But yeah, man, I, I would definitely, I, I, we, we got way, way, way tangented there, but I, I would definitely encourage someone that that really thinks this is going to happen to reach out to us because I, I want to, I really want to talk to him because I, I don't really, based on like how this thing has progressed and the numbers and the way things are looking and the fact that we're holding this in Orlando and all this, I, I don't, I just don't see it. I really don't. And I wish this is the part where it's hard because I am a, a pessimist when it comes to this crap, but like, I, I just don't see it. I really don't. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that that's, that's, that's where I'm at too. I want to be optimistic as much as possible. And I try to like, not, I try to just stay away from it just because I think that we're slowly going to just, get the ball rolling where we see more and more and more uh, cases and it's going to get called off. But I hope not, man. I hope not either. I think it's a good opportunity. It'd be a really cool thing. Dude, the concept of an alternate bubble for the eight teams that are not going to Orlando is insulting to those teams. It's a slap in the face to those teams. Yeah, I don't I don't understand why why they would do that, really. How furious would you be if your team was playing in that bottom eight? Would you even watch? Yeah, I'd watch. I'd watch because, well, I think that each team saved the Cavs. Well, no, the Cavs have Colin Sexton to be excited about. I think that each team has something to be excited about, and you never know what what a player is going to look like whenever they come back from a three-month hiatus, right? Sure. So I would probably still watch. But I'm also – I'm probably not the average basketball fan. That might I know that to be true. That might have been the least the least successful attempt to convince me of something that you've ever given me. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I, like you didn't even really sound that enthusiastic about it. You sound like you were looking to try to find a way to prove your point that could be well, for, the other side. Yeah, yeah. For and me, that's my point. It sounds boring as hell. <laughs> for me, it's like would I be watching if the Thunder were there? Yes, because I'd want yeah. to see Shea Gil- Gilgis Alexander and see yeah. how how he was progressed, yeah. and try and look at what I think that he'll be like in the future. Would I be watching? So who's another bottom dweller? The Knicks? Yeah, I'd Bulls. I'd want to watch R.J. Barrett. Now, if one of those guys said, "No, nah, I'm not going to play," then yeah, I'd, I, I probably wouldn't watch. Um, who else is at the bottom of the the list? The Kings, like <laughs> yep. go out there and see. Uh, uh, geez, we're out of form. Um, Darren Fox. Yeah, you know? Darren Fox. I think that every single team has a player that you could get excited about and that you could watch those games for. Yeah, and watch them waste away their, you know, some of their regular year or their their you know early years with all of that. But uh, you'd have the Hornets, the Bulls, the Knicks, the Pistons, the Hawks, and the Cavs. And I just, uh, <laughs> like I said, man, it's one of those things where I don't think that. It's it's exactly the same thing that we talked about with the rising all star game, the rising stars game, before the all star game. It's just not something that I'm that interested in until they've really kind of developed and proven themselves. Because I've seen so many guys bust out of this league, and it's just like at least in the the main tournament, if you're going to the bubble in Orlando, you have that weird kind of thing where your team could potentially make a run and who knows what could happen. And like, maybe the Cavs just make some sweeping run of the thing. You know, who the hell knows that that would never happen by the way. But like, you never know, just send those guys to the same goddamn place. I don't understand what the difference is in that case. Yeah, I guess there's a, there's a, you want to, I would want to quarantine the teams that have a chance as much as possible. Even if that means keeping them away from other people. So I can see that. It's gotta be Um, what they're thinking, right? Yeah, I think that you got to think about the Warriors too. Like, are Steph and Clay going to come back in and come back from and win this tournament whenever they weren't even going to make the playoffs and and then get a number one or when they were set to get a number one uh, draft pick? I don't, I don't think you can really do much of that, right? You have to hold off on that. I don't know. Do you think that decisions were changed because of where the Warriors are at? Like we know that Oladipo, Oladipo just said that he was sitting out. Which mm-hmm. really, I think if we were in a normal situation, Oladipo would be saying, "Yeah, I'm ready to come back." But we're not in a normal situation, so he's saying, "I'm going to sit this one out because I'm not quite healed." Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that? Ha- do you are you buying any of that, or do you think it's more of a 
he's trying to sit out this because he doesn't think the Pacers have any chance. And also, we're in such a weird situation. What is so? What is what are the implications on like draft order and all that kind of stuff? Is that stuff already set or what? Because that that like for me that would make a difference of whether I'm going to play Clay and Steph versus. I mean, they committed to the tank this year. Golden State did. Well, you know what I'm saying. So like, pseudo. do what? Pseudo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they did. Like, th- I mean, th- th- that team was terrible by all. Ball, by all intents and purposes, because two of their stars were sidelined. Yeah, and they, they didn't really have much of a choice. Like, right. But I mean, if you're, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if you really take that risk of, like, you're you're not going to get all the way to the top by any means. I don't think. No. Well, I mean, if Clay and Steph both come back and they're in true form, they got a good, they got as good a chances. Wouldn't that to be me great? As anybody in the in the four to eight range. Wouldn't that be great though? No, it would be horrible. <laughs> You'd be so angry because <laughs> it's the I, only time that they're not going to be r- running for another ring here is this year because of yeah. you know injury really. Yeah, and I'm I'm much less offended by that team than I am the the team with KD on it. Um, okay, I like Steph, I like Clay a lot. If Clay playing for any other team, dude, I would have his jersey for sure. Hmm. But uh, I like Clay's one of my favorite players in the league. I think he's hilarious. And also, dude, he scored 39 points in a quarter, and he dropped like 40 on like six dribbles or something like that. Like, that that guy is the most unique player that we've ever seen. Didn't he only dribble? Yeah, like what was his dribble? His dribble rates were insane. They were like non-existent for so long. He's just a catch and shoot, and he's one of yeah. the best movers without the ball of all time. Yeah, he really is. It's incredible. And he's like pretty much fully healthy, I've heard. Really? Yeah. Like, I mean, I... I still don't think that they would have any reason to put him out there in any way, shape, or form. I, I wouldn't. I would never consider that. Yeah. Yeah. Drop 60 points in three quarters using 11 dribbles. <laughs> the 11 That's dribbles. That's insane, dude. That's absurd. <laughs> 11 dribbles. I also want to know how you count the dribbles. They, they have an advanced analytics. Like, they have cameras now that track players' movement. They okay. can, If you go to NBA.com, you can see the speed at which everybody moves, and you can see the slowest players in the league. Like, who moves the average slower slowest pace in the league and surprisingly like lebron is one of them well we're pulling that up right now pal dude it's super cool super cool it's kind of hard to get to so i don't know i don't know how easy it'd be for you for you to get to it but it's it's really cool okay uh so i mean so lebron would be in that category that's surprising to me he's one of the slowest players in the league all around because he conserves so much energy um that's mostly pretty- because like you've seen you've seen you saw the video last year where some dude uh, got a three-point shot and then LeBron just stood there and let him shoot the three. Oh, yeah. Um, and then kind of, like, raised his hands up in the air. And everybody kind of said he's dogging on his teammates, but I can't even remember what guy it was, but it turned out that he was a less than 30% three-point shooter. And LeBron knew that, so he was going to let him shoot that three. I right? remember so, that. So, yeah. like, LeBron does a lot of that where he's going to – he, like, knows where everybody is on the court and knows the percentages from every – position so if you're less than 30 percent shooter he's like he's gonna stand there and that's counting as zero so that's lowering his overall speed right no and that's true because and that's why like those kinds of things aren't even close to like accurate because you're really looking at such a weird sample size of different like you're looking at an overall sample size and it's just it's not necessarily reflective of who the player is like some of the best players of all time including Jordan, just took their time whenever they needed to take their time. Right, right, exactly. Don't like conserve energy. Okay, I found or, it. Yeah, oh, you found it. Okay, so I, I can share your screen. So share your screen, and I'll put it up for everybody. Oh, dude, I don't even know how to share my screen, honestly. Uh, do it in uh, the, the StreamYard window. You can hit share screen. Share screen. screen. Yep. Yeah, sharing it. Cool. All right, so hold up. Hide your naked lady background. Oh, definitely. For our listeners. Yes. All right. Naked man background. I don't know. (laughs) All right. So this is your average speed. Look at that. James Harden's average speed is 3.52, which is the fourth lowest in the league. (laughs) Awesome. Dude, that is so funny. He's slower average than Mark Gasol and Carmelo Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's Anthony Davis' top 10. LeBron. Yeah, there's LeBron at like 13. Chris Paul is really low dude a lot of these guys these superstars are just 
uh, all stacked up here. There's Joel Embiid, which you'd expect that because he's a big. But LeBron and Chris Paul. Wait a minute. I wouldn't expect that of Chris Paul. Is this how is this sorted? I can't see by average speed right there. And that's I can't I having a hard a little bit of a hard time making out the numbers. Is it lowest to highest or the other way around? Yeah, lowest to highest. Okay. So the lowest apparently is JP Makura, who is logged 0.6 minutes. Hell yeah, dude. Let's go. What? So he went and in he for just a foul. Stood there. <laughs> yeah, he he didn't move at all. Awesome. Um, <laughs> how much money do you think he makes? <laughs> um, dude, I don't know. I don't even, I've never even heard of that name before. That guy's he's on Cleveland, probably G League in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Mark Gasol models. jumps up there pretty fast. Do what? But Mark Gasol jumps up there pretty damn fast. Yeah, dude, Mark Gasol's, uh, that's the highest, but Mark Gasol's pretty high. Um, he's number, he's the sixth slowest person in the league. Okay. James Harden's the fourth. Carmelo's the seventh. DeAndre Orton, eight, or DeAndre Jordan is the eighth. Blake Griffin's tenth. Taco Fall's ninth. Eric Gordon's there. It, it's always surprising to me to see like the the superstars are all right here at the top. Yeah, I guess it's the league comes to them as well. You know, that's a big part of it also. Yeah, and I wonder where Kawhi is. Honestly, that's a good question. Um, he doesn't work too terribly quick. No, dude, he's like he's really enigmatic in that whenever he's moving around the court, he doesn't look like he's just like full out any given time you know yeah. there's russ russ is high as well which is hmm. surprising interesting i mean he um, is efficient though yeah yeah i guess that makes sense as far as russ is standing around a lot on the mm-hmm. um that houston team um, interesting but an interesting look he, yeah russ is slower on average than boban marianovich that's shocking like you would never guess that slower on average than dwight howard you would never guess that ben simmons is higher than i would have thought and so is luca hmm. luca and ben simmons are right there at four flat interesting hmm. yeah i wonder yeah i'd be really interested to know like how all that works but once again i don't think people care about that too much no dude i care too much about this stuff me too me too dude um, all right, I'm gonna pull it down. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so I, I'm, yeah, I, I think it's, I think what you you were saying before though, when it comes to like play with all this stuff, like I think it really comes down to what team stays the healthiest. And I just I'm trying to think of like what that looks like from an overall league standpoint, and like I mean, just with having teams and hot spots and all that stuff, I, I just I don't know. It seems like that's the only way you could gauge this, and that's a really dangerous gamble. Yeah, um, I think so. I think I'm kind of in the middle of of this is either going to have an asterisk on it or it's going to be the hardest of all time, and it's all going to depend on how it plays out. Mm-hmm. If all of the players are healthy, no asterisk whatsoever, but also not the hardest of all time, right? If I don't know though, dude, like that's a pretty significant setback for a team, any team. If everyone's healthy, what do you mean? Like regardless, like you paused in the middle of a season and then picked it back up and went and won a ring. Like that, there's going to be a fair amount of gutting it through those playoffs because not everybody's in that kind of health, like in that kind of shape is more of what I mean, basketball shape. That's true, dude. I was surprised that did you see Zion looked like he was in shape? Did he look like he was in shape? He's lost like thirty pounds of of baby fat. Yeah, I was I was relatively surprised, honestly. I, I mean, what? That obviously, I mean, we've been saying that he needs to lose that for quite some time. Yeah, and and it's not like I don't believe this guy has a great work ethic, right? To be that good at anything, you have to have a great work ethic. Um, but the dude, the dude worked out for a week and put on ten pounds of of muscle. Like he's naturally an end, endomorphic, mesomorphic guy that just gains weight like easily, right? So I was really afraid that. Yeah, there's a picture of him. Look at that. Looks like a tank. Yeah, he's a he's a monster. That dude's 18 years old. That's absurd. That always makes me feel like horrible about myself. Yeah, dude, let's not get into that. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I thought that just not being around trainers, maybe he was around trainers the entire time, but I thought that it would being a rookie that just came out of college, I thought he would put on some weight and be not in shape. Jokic apparently lost a lot of weight. He looks terrible. Let me see if I can find that photo. He looks terrible and like he just looks emaciated. Yeah, dude, it didn't look 
great. Hold on, let me find that picture. Uh, and this he looks like Kristaps Porzingis. Do what? He looks like Kristaps. Also, his head looks way too big for his body. Are you talking yeah. about just in general? No, no, no. With the with the weight loss. Oh yeah. Do you have it right there? Yeah. Throw it up on the screen if you want. Yeah. Oh yeah, here it is. I found it too. Here, I'll share mine. Look at that. That's insane. He's lost a lot of upper body mass. But yeah, dude, that's like that's like thirty to forty pounds right there, right? Not, yeah, it's not great. Yeah, not great at all. But dude, he played fifty-two minutes being fat. It's true. Like, like, and really, like, it's not like his game is predicated upon being able to bully people. Well, kind of is whenever he's in the post. But his game is more than anything is being able to pass the ball and knock down threes. And then also, hey, he has really good post moves. That's true. You you generally don't go wrong by losing losing weight on the basketball court. Okay, that's You're true. You're generally more athletic and 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 can move around. It's not like football where your job is to wrestle somebody to the ground. You know. I gotta pause this for a second. Yeah, I mean the upper body strength definitely matters, and you can see where like losing that for someone that's as dominant in the paint as he is, it's gonna be a problem. And like those are just things that nobody seems to be taking into consideration once again. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I'm more of a. It's generally best to lose weight in basketball because you're gonna be able to move better. Um, but yeah, I, a lot of his game is about banging down there and, and just over overpowering people just because he weighs 40 pounds more than him i wonder how much he, do you do you have a listing for what his weight is i'm sure it's greatly exaggerated on the lower side i'm looking right now to see if it was out there because i think i, I doubt that that was something that was actually put out there you know yeah, what I mean? he was listed at 284 i would bet that he was around 300 he's although wait, 284 he's, seems 284 right now or, no, that was what was listed coming into this year. Right. So, I mean, he is significantly less than that. 240, probably? Yeah, something like that. I mean, that's that's insane. So, I mean, those those things are going to have severe impacts on all of this, you know? And I, I can't... I, I just... There's, there's only so much you can do to, like, get past that kind of thing. And it's... It's kind of insurmountable in that way. So once again, then it comes down to like actual playing basketball shape. Like aside from the virus and all that, like the actual playing shape is a whole other thing. And I, that's something that can't necessarily be replicated, especially a lot of these guys who have actually lost weight that they were trying to keep on intentionally or whatever. Yeah. Depending yeah. on the guy. Yeah. Like who would you who would you think of that? Jokic is, is the first one, but I mean, even James Harden has lost a little bit of size, uh, and I mean that's just some of the guys we've seen. I don't trust Harden to come in, come in in shape. Really? We we also talked about last uh, last show. I, I think that Houston's offense really lends itself well to be able to take a lot of time off and then coming back because really it's just James Harden. But they did come out and say that they want a lot less uh, ISOs with Harden. Maybe one they want to give more ISOs to Russ. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It's a good good question. I even forget about him playing there half the time. Yeah, I think he's underutilized. I think, I mean, what ends up happening, like, we, we saw it in that teams were trapping Harden way up at the top of the court and making him get rid of it. Um, they they need to do a better job of having Russ run to the ball and then, and then getting that off the double team and just get going and getting a an immediate four on three, right? And Russ is Russ is one of the best passers in the league, if not the best passer in the league. And he'll get he'll score on a four on three every single time, especially mm-hmm. when he's running downhill. That's what needs to happen. They need to they have him there to make people pay for trapping Harden at the top of the key. It's true. At the top of the court. It's true, which doesn't take a whole lot of like complicated play to really figure out. So it's, yeah, I don't know what D'Antoni's doing, but he's got a lot better offensive basketball mind than me. So I'm already. Looking forward to hearing the the Dan Tonys in the last year of his job talk. Whenever we get to the bubble, it's 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 happens every single year for him in some way, shape, or form with him, and it's it's coming. I'm telling you, dude. They went all in on his play style too. I can't imagine if he gets fired, dude. The Rockets are just 
that's the end of end of the next ten years because they don't have a big. Right. Well, I mean they they didn't re up his contract last year. He's a lame duck coach. Yeah. So I mean they obviously wanted to wait and see, which kind of, really kind of benefited them in a way, especially if the season just ends. Yeah. It. You know, because they can just. Bl- I mean, so like in your opinion, would they? Do you think that they would re up D'Antoni and just chalk it up to uh, it not working because of the virus thing and, and try to get it again next year, or do you do you look at moving on? I mean, it's it, he's been there a while and it hasn't really done much. As great as Maury is, I want to say that he doesn't have a plan, but I think he does. I, I I think that he is conflicted because he doesn't. On some level, he really likes what D'Antoni is doing with analytics, but on some level, I think he probably thinks that D'Antoni can't get it done. Like. For him to not resign and then and then come back and say, okay, we're going all in. As a matter of fact, we're going to let you convince us to get rid of your big, so that you can bring in some more shooters for your system. Like that's weird. It's like doing one thing and then doing the polar opposite of what you had originally planned on. So they they gave D'Antoni everything that he wants. Maybe it's as simple as we're going to give him absolutely everything he wants, and if he can't do it, we'll get rid of him. Then we know that it wasn't our fault. Maybe it's that, but they've I think not is. acted in a congruent manner at all. No, no, that's what I think it is. I think that they they're very much looking to pin that on him and move on from it. When maybe it's that they have you know a Carl Mal- a modern day Carl Malone there, you know, and right. and it's maybe not been assembled the way that it should have. Without I don't know, like. I, I just look at the trends of, of the greatness of someone like Giannis and or you know soon to be I guess but uh, someone like LeBron someone like D Wade you know like some of these guys that have just been that have had really transcendent careers that have won titles that have you know been part of teams that have won titles and they all find a way to contribute more in different ways when they need to Pippen made a whole career out of that and yeah. uh, despite the fact that he could have been an all like an absolute megastar elsewhere but he decided that this is the best way that he could contribute that's not a quality i've ever seen from james harden no really he he's really only an iso guy that can that can run an offense like he immediately makes your offense way better but i've more so been a and and he plays really good post defense he's great in the post on defense but i've always i've said this since the beginning of the harden era in, in houston um, actually, about two to three years after, whenever he started breaking out to be a superstar, you can't have your number one guy not buying on defense. You just cannot happen, right? Um, because then, because what leaders do in moderation, followers will do in excess, and people like that guy. It's not like he's some great player out there that's not the leader of that team. They like him, so they look to him. You can't if he's not buying in on defense, the rest of the team isn't going to buy in on defense. Like PJ Tucker is a fantastic defender, but to have your superstar be such a liability where they're hiding him and then pull in another superstar who is also a liability on defense solely because he wants to be like Russ has all the talent in the world to be great on defense, but he doesn't do it because he wants to, wants to save it for offense. Um, That's, it's not good. You can't, outscore people in today's league because the greatest teams can score at, w- at will. The Lakers can score at will. The Warriors for the past four years can score at will. The Clippers can score at will. Everybody can score at will. You have to be able to shut somebody down and get a, and get a stop. And the Rockets just can't do that. They've never been able to do that. And that's what it comes down to is like, it's a combination of both of those things. And I'd see, that seems so like trite and kind of like antiquated, like duh, like obviously yeah. that's the case, but like, at the same time, like they haven't really seen that that's the case. They would just rather go out there, play ISO ball, and sh- and shoot the lights out. And while that works a lot of t- a lot of times against teams that don't have great defenses, it doesn't work against teams that can move the ball like Golden State and uh, you know even Cleveland to an extent. When when LeBron was there, they could move the ball really well and they could yeah. put the ball in the right hands at the right time. And it's not all up to one person. And that was the whole thing with with Steph after, you know, losing to LeBron is that they needed to go out and get KD, you know? And yeah. like, that was the whole thing. And it just, it's never to me, like whenever I've looked at it, they've never been crafted for success in today's league. Maybe, maybe 10, 15 years ago, but even then, I, I don't know. Like if you're not really willing to have your, like you were saying, like if you're not willing to have your star really bought in to play defense, like honest defense, 
then what are we looking at here? Like, I don't. LeBron has at least sold people on the idea that he's willing to play defense when it matters, which he is. There's nothing that tells me that he's not. He's a fantastic defender, but he's just not flying around like he used to. And that's um, fine. And around the perimeter like he he did in Miami. Sure. Um, It's a different kind of defense, but it's heady defense. And it's still like there were multiple possessions this year where he would guard a hardener, guard one of these big name players, and he'd shut him down. Like he can still guard people whenever he's he's tasked to face up. He plays more of a free safety role now. Um but the thing the thing that also bothers me about Harden offensively is Harden is quite possibly the greatest offensive player since Jordan. Maybe even since Wilt. His numbers would say since Wilt. Um, but if you look at the history of winning in in the NBA, great, great players or teams that win multiple different championships have people that have large amounts of gravity regardless of whether they have the ball or not harden doesn't have a whole lot of gravity when mm-hmm. when he doesn't have the ball what what gravity means i'll define it again is being able to move around on the court and make the different defense shift to you like lebron and steph curry don't have to have the ball in their hands to be able to make the defense shift and open up stuff for other people if you watch lebron watch him play whenever he's on the offensive end and anthony davis has the ball somebody else has the ball he'll step to one area and make the defense shift so that that other person has more of an open driver he'll he'll see stuff multiple steps in advance and move it move it around and move himself around and make the defense shift harden doesn't do that russ doesn't do that nobody on that team has the iq to be able to do that the basketball iq to be able to do that and so what you end up having is if the ball's not in Harden's hands, he's a negative on the court because he's not a good defender. He's not a good off the ball player. He's a negative on the, on the court. If the ball's in his, in his hands and Russ honestly is a negative on the court. If the ball isn't in his hands as well. So at any given time, you have one negative on the court whenever those two guys are playing together. That's true. It's very true. And like those things matter. So in the Rockets case, say they fired Dan Tony. I mean, so like the only way you, you, Fire Dan Tony is if you're looking to change up the system. And to your point, like they don't have a whole lot. They don't have a true big. And I don't really know where you go from there. They don't have any peace. They don't have any value on that team. Yeah. Um, Russ is way overpaid. Harden's a max, a super max player. Um, let's look at the pay, their payroll right now. I think that the only person that they have... They have Eric Gordon for fourteen million. There's a little bit of value there, but he has a no trade clause, so you can't trade him. Um, Not well unless, Cumming- he's, unless you can talk him into the right situation. Yeah, I guess I guess he could. You could convince him of that, but it's just not. They don't have any value on that team. Uh, Capella was really the last person that had value. Um, I think they also have uh, Austin. Hold on a second before I make it fool myself. Austin Rivers. Um, is that what you're gonna say? Yeah. I forget. I I feel like he's bounced around so many times now. Okay, excuse me. Austin Rivers actually has a no trade clause. Eric Gordon does not. Okay. Um, so that was my mistake. And then they've got Robert Covington at, at twelve million. He's like, that's not a horrible contract, but it's hard to get anybody else to do it. You can trade him now because, uh, and this is all for next year, how they could blow up this team. But Russ is at four years of thirty-eight million, dude. Like you're you're not gonna get. You're not going to get a trade for that. Harden's at four years, thirty-eight million as well. You could get trades for that, but prior to OKC blowing up Paul George, the rule was you never trade a dollar for four quarters. Like, it's really hard to come away from trading away a superstar and get value for it. Well, you're not. As yeah, a matter I mean, of fact, you're do what? I mean, yeah, you're not getting value for it. You're calling like you're calling it at that point. Yeah, yeah, you're re- you're rebuilding exactly and. The thing is, do you can you set yourself up to be as good in five years as you were with a superstar? That's for me. Trades should have a five-year timeline on them. Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you. I, I've never. I'm just trying to think of like a time where trading a superstar for a bunch of non-super like the prospects of superstars have has really really worked out. And, I mean, it's very, very few cases. I mean, we'll see how OKC works out, I guess. That could yeah, be a and good... Then, and then also the Pelicans are the two from last year, but that's because teams were so superstar hungry because the team, the NBA has turned into an arms race. 
that they traded away a lot more than historically they would have traded for something. What would LA end up trading? Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram, who looks like he will be an all, a perennial All Star. Lonzo Ball, who I still think is good, dude. He shot he shot better from the three point line than exactly. Like there's big names out there. He's shooting better from the three or three point line than this year. I still think he's going to be really good, and I still really like him a lot. Um, Brandon Ingram, uh, they Josh Hart as well, and then a bunch of picks. Like that's that's a load, dude. The the load. Pelicans got a lot of stuff. I still think. Anthony Davis is probably worth more than all of that because those are all that's prospect probably things. true. Those are all prospect things. Like that's the craziest part about it. Yeah, and really, if you Anthony Davis is going to go down as one of the best bigs of all time, but he's not a traditional. But he's going to go down as the best power forward of all, or one of the second best power forward of all time. Mm, I'll see about that. I think I'm there. I think I'm there. No, I'm definitely um, not because really, I need, it's I need way more longevity than that. It's Tim Duncan, right? And then Dirk? Or Dirk, KG? KG, Dirk, KG is the next tier. Tim Duncan's a tier, but... Oh, no, wait. Carl Malone, I'm sorry. Yeah. Tim Duncan, Dirk, KG, Carl Malone are all in the next tier for me. Anthony Davis is easily in that tier for me. I'm just um, not there with the longevity yet. Yeah, I guess skill-wise, then. Yeah. Let's, let's do this. Skill-wise, he's easily in that tier for me. Because he has... He's a better KG. Yeah, kind of. He a has different... the same defensive ranginess. He yeah. has the same shot blocking capabilities. He has the ability to put the ball on the court that KG never really had. He has a better shot than KG ever did. He's a better lob catcher than KG was. I'm going to say that he's a better KG. So now it boils it down to: Is he? Would you rather have Dirk's skill set or Anthony Davis' skill set? For me. I would rather have Anthony Davis or KG. Like, if you gave me prime KG or prime Dirk, I would take prime KG. Hmm. Not to say that Dirk did not have a bigger, better career. It's really but prime hard KG to tell. for me was better than Dirk. Prime if, Dirk. If Dirk wasn't trapped in the shithole of the Mavericks for so long, it's really hard to project what his career could have been like elsewhere. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what Anthony Davis was lucky to get out of because that, that's been the whole thing since that trade happened and even before so was that LeBron's not going to be there forever, but this sets up the next generation of the Lakers dynasty. That was always the plan. Right, as long as you can get AD to resign. He will. He'll resign. Yeah, I, I'm, so. Yeah, dude. I'm not, I don't think that there's any way they would have made that trade without absolutely knowing that. And we're, I mean, like, we're, is he going to run off to the fucking magic? Like, yeah, you know, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I would have to look, relook at the, no, me too, the but... salary caps and everything. No, I'm um, just, uh, that's more adjusted than anything else. But I mean, I, I don't think there's a more ideal situation if you're Anthony Davis than the Lakers. You play with yeah. the last few years of LeBron, you, you maybe stack a, hopefully stack a ring or so with him still there. And then you usher in the next generation and you're getting to your prime. I mean, it's, it's dude, poetic. he's not even in his prime yet. That's, that's what I'm saying. Crazy. Dude's 25, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And God. he's like, he had a significant amount of time off for injury. So, like, that's that's my point. Like, it's they wouldn't have made that trade without having that absolute as much guarantee as you could possibly have in that scenario. Yeah, actually, he's it looks like he's 27, so he's okay. got about two years, and then it'll be prime. Interesting. Entering that's his crazy. prime, maybe next year. 28 to 31 is generally prime. That's pretty crazy, man. Yeah. God, he's, I don't want to hear about that for the next 20 years, but I'm going to, aren't I? Dude, he's it's it's hard because as a Boston fan, like you're up at your rivalry is the team that can attract a superstar regardless of what year it is. Oh no, it's always the, it's always the Lakers. <laughs> it's always yeah. the Lakers. I'll tell you that much. It the last decade of inept Lakers basketball has been some of the best of my basketball watching years to see. Has just been them being absolutely terrible. It's been great Which, to that's watch. That's the biggest failing in all of sports. Like for you to not be able to attract superstars to the Lakers, that's horrible. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it was. It got real bad there for a little while, and the the prime years of or the prime years, the twilight years of Kobe and everything were were tougher on that organization than people like to to give that credit for. But yeah. Anyway, all right, I man. I still think they owed him. Yeah, it's true. Well, I think we'll go ahead and wrap up. Kyle did not join us. He texted us like halfway through the show, didn't realize we had started and, uh, you know, I guess ate his own laptop or something. I don't know. But uh, he'll be back, I hope, next week with us. 
we'll hopefully we'll be out with you guys a little bit more consistent going forward. It's been a little bit slow lately. Just we've had a lot going on. But I think we'll go back to recording on Thursdays, drop it on Fridays for those that are they're paying attention. So we'll be out there. Anything else, man? That's it. All right, well, we'll see you later. See you, man.